Hello and welcome to another edition of Brotherly Love Eagles Podcast. How do we Wow, that was a new one. I think we're in full Pennsylvania mode now. I thought GT would jump in on the caca with me. I didn't want to steal your thunder. You're so much better at it than I am. I think you have an equally high-pitched caca. You got that upper register, though. You know, we, we need to harmonize our cacas. We'll work on So the Wentz wagon, get on board, because now national media is in love with them, too. It used to be just Philly, but now after the Thursday night national game and this, this national game plays he pulled off tonight, everybody's on board. Well, did you see the sweet graphic design that ESPN did? They had, like, Conestoga wagon to represent <laughs> his meager, distical, performance from last season and then it was like a souped up station wagon modern car to represent his new season so you know ESPN's got the wagon analogy on lock. They did do a cool graphic with the Ertz with the red zone that was their cool graphic. All the other ones I thought were trying too hard. Yeah that's true. Like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air for the defensive line. Yeah that one was really trying way too hard. YQ was like is that racist? (laughs) No! He's from Philadelphia. Anyways why don't we get in and talk about Carson Wentz. So GT are you fully on board? Uh, listen, I was always on board. I will forever have to eat crow on saying Matt Stafford was better than he was. But right now, he's like, not just good, Matt. He is Rogers good. Whoa. Like, the play he made on uh, third and nine from the Washington nine to Clement on that wheel route where he got mauled under pressure and he still threw a dime in the end zone. I was like, that, that's, a, that's a play that only like he and Aaron Rodgers can make. Absurd. There might be a couple, or maybe Russell Wilson. But yeah, there's very few quarterbacks. We're talking about very, very few quarterbacks that can make that play. So yeah, that play, the one that is already being overused with Houdini. I'm going to say he was ghosting on that play because I'm I'm sick of people saying Houdini. So he ghosted on that play for that scramble. Yeah, there was just so many signature plays all in one game that this is, he's taking it to the next level where he's, he's the new star of the NFL. So our cable went out during the, first half and it came right back on when he threw that bomb to Hollis what was his name I don't Matt even Collins Amanda pay attention yeah <laughs> well Collins. you know you know I had cable trouble aka I, I didn't remember his name but anyway yeah no I thought he looked fantastic I'm thinking of naming our next child Carson Chase Brzezinski I'm on the wet wagon he looked great and the first uh, the first and 10 from the Philly 36 at the end of the second quarter when he threw a 46-yarder to Ertz. When they showed it, like, the view from behind Wentz, that, that throw was just ridiculous. Yeah, totally agree. That camera shot was fantastic. Even when you saw it in real time, it was crazy. Oh, yeah, but then when they showed, like, the behind the Wentz angle, even crazier. Well, remember just... in the beginning of the year, we said he couldn't throw the deep ball, and that was something he needed to improve on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a bunch of idiots we are. Well, he did have to improve on it, but obviously yeah. doesn't read his own hype. He always seems to get mad at himself whenever he makes a bad play. Even before the the great play to Clements, he had Jeffrey pretty wide open in the end zone, and he overthrew him, and you could tell he got mad at himself, and then on that third down made the unbelievable play to Clements. So. Amanda, what would have McNabb done on that missed throw to Alshon? Smile. He would have given. He would now. He would have given himself. You know, like the chest bump and like giving him the my bad look and then smiled and been like my bad. And then, you know, I would have been infuriated and throwing something in the television. And then we would have settled for a field goal. <laughs> I would have settled for a field goal. <laughs> but the other thing I was going to say, it wasn't just, you know, missing the throw. Was that what that play 
I think it was the second quarter where he got sacked, where he had escaped and he could have thrown away the ball and he held on to it, got sacked. He was really bad at himself after that play too. I just love the fire. Love the... Love the, you know, self-improvement desire. He's always looking to improve, and he always seems to stay humble. So those are things that, that are different than anything else we've experienced, that's for sure. So, He's the anti-McNabb. So is it like, is it time to start believing in the Super Bowl hype? Like I've been telling you guys, we're going to the Super Bowl this year? <laughs> yeah, after you, you know, you drained about, you know, four cervezas at the uh, <laughs> showdown in Carson against the Chargers. You were saying it, and I laughed at you, and the internet laughed at you. But after Carolina in this game, we are odds-on favorites to go to the bowl from the <laughs> NFC. <laughs> Ridiculously early predictions seven weeks in. We're definitely on, on that wagon. But here's the thing. You know, injuries, Jason Peters, that looked like a pretty serious injury, so we're definitely going to have to worry about that. Secondary has always seemed to be, be seems to be beat up, although guys are coming back healthy. Hopefully uh, the in- injury to Patrick Robinson wasn't that bad and it seems like they should get Darby back next week. Of course, the linebacking core, Hicks always seems to get injured. That He's was so it. fragile. That was his knock coming out of college, and we're seeing it now. He can't seem to get over this ankle injury. I'd rather see them give him a little rest if, if it's something that's only nagging. Hopefully that's all it is, and then Kendricks didn't play tonight. The backup linebackers don't seem to be nearly as solid. Front seven that they rotate, that stays fresh, that's where they were talking about. That's where they've invested most of their money. They need to stay healthy. So, of course, there's a lot of things. Of course, Wentz needs to stay healthy but it's time to believe that they're at least they can be a contender in the nfc i i exaggerate slightly when i say we're going to the super bowl i exaggerate a lot saying that week seven but it's one of those things where you have to start at least talking about it now that they're one of the best teams in the nfc and I hate I hate like sports tropes like this, but I do think it's it's true. The the Eagles are resilient under Wentz and Peterson, right? Like the the start of the game was nothing short of a catastrophe. I was like, you know, in the Reed era, that would have been a game that we act from the start would have just been dismantled by. But Wentz completely turn it around and he did tonight with the TD to Hollins and give Peterson credit you know he adapted to what the Redskins were doing defensively they had a safety valve scheme they want no huddle uh Peterson is adaptable Wentz is ridiculous and when our defense is healthy it's um a top five defense no doubt so I think you're right our defense staying healthy and obviously when staying healthy are keys to our road to the Super Bowl well and I also think that there's just a confidence that they seem to portray and they don't panic so even when they look like it's complete catastrophe after the beginning of the game catastrophe fuck yes yeah, sorry catastrophe fuck to yeah. to be clear you could tell that they remained calm and there wasn't this sense of oh my god you know we're, we're gonna lose this game they, they always seem to keep their cool and i think i think carson's a big part of that he seems to really you know be a good leader on the field and i think as the games go on they you could tell that they're gaining their confidence peterson is gaining his confidence as a head coach i think these are all very positive mental states and uh, that will carry you through to hopefully the playoffs and hopefully the Super Bowl. I didn't, I obviously didn't keep my cool at all. Five minutes <laughs> in, I was sweating through my palms so hard. It's 95 degrees outside, but the Eagles <laughs> yeah. do. I'm a, I'm an emotional disaster. But the Eagles, you know, they seem measured and cool. Well, your sweating pressure. might not have anything to do with the game. That just might be a personal problem. Something that only Gold Bond can solve. Lewis Rick was saying that, you know, he believes that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC, but was saying you have to worry about the depth. But that's any team's got to worry about in, that in today's NFL. 
But he was also saying that give Doug Peterson a lot of credit because he's always been able to teach quarterbacks how to play the game in simple terms, easily related to the field. And then you're seeing that calmness all throughout the game. Anytime they cut to Peterson, the sideline calling plays, you know, and give him a lot of credit, like Riddick said, and I totally agree after getting sacked and making a mistake on that second and 16 to take the sack and then to go right back to say, okay, let's try a deep ball here just shows that they're always on the same page and then they're willing to adjust. So I don't think Andy Reid would have ever let Carson Wentz bring in a play from North Dakota State, which is the the play they want, that they scored on the Corey Clement touchdown that they stole straight from North Dakota State. So you're seeing a great quarterback starting to really show his true colors and a coach that trusts trusts him, and then that camaraderie that they have. That I think it's just the perfect the perfect duo right now. Yeah, and to that point, yeah, the chemistry between them is incredible. Yeah, and the license that he gives Wentz to run the game. I mean, you and I agree, Matt, that Gruden has you know declined a little bit but the telestration they did where he showed on the touchdown to Aguilar that Wentz recognized it was like a three deep zone whatever the hell that is and he changed the play to get in the right like seam routes and like he completely dismantled the defense and it should be said that now back-to-back games Carolina going into the Carolina game was 12th overall in DVOA in defense Washington was 10th overall in DVOA in defense so you saw some like exotic blitz packages at the beginning of the game but Wentz has now kind of taken his talents against two you know top third defenses and done incredibly well spectacularly well well they were getting to him early but he 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 makes great adjustments throughout the game and it seems he seems to have that extra sense that not many quarterbacks have only the great ones have that they can audible at the line and they seem to always give themselves a chance and call the right play i was gonna say um, just more wentz more wentz third down efficiency six for 12 50 percent just still absurd and keeps us in the league lead and washington they were zero percent on third down in the first half they ended up four for 12 which is more or less their season average but 33 percent and they had their a season of, average a little bit better and they had a lot of garbage stats in there oh yeah definitely they had a ton of garbage stats towards the end yeah it's 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 definitely one of those things where you don't want to get too ahead of yourself you don't want to start talking unlike Eagles fans that are usually the most pessimistic fans in the world, but I'm sure all talk radio tomorrow, it's going to be gushing about Carson Wentz and how we need to reevaluate what his expectations for this season and that just making the playoffs won't be enough anymore. Yeah, and, and my mantra to myself, Wentz, is still like, don't die. He keeps putting him himself in situations where he gets clobbered and that makes me nervous like a mother i was thinking the exact same thing gt that those were the my biggest concern is is he still seems a little bit reckless sometimes in terms of putting himself out there and inviting injury and every time that happens i i cringe but luckily he's a big dude <laughs> that's, that's the only saving grace luckily he's a very large man so hopefully he's sturdy he didn't take any un- unnecessary shots tonight. Anytime he scrambled, he he seemed to get down in a hurry. He, the one did, he didn't take on half the team like he did in that in that Carolina game where he tried to stiff <laughs> tried to go <laughs> up straight against the linebacker and then eight other Carolina players joined the linebacker. So he he finished with 331 all-purpose yards, 63 rushing, 268 passing, passer rating of 126.3. He's also our leading rusher. So to your point, GT, yes, he if he dies, we are definitely after. <laughs> Whether we win the bowl or not, it's going to be a wild ride. Knock on wood. Knock on all the wood I see around in my apartment. Uh, I totally agree. With, I that as long as he's stays healthy sky's the limit yeah and i think 
you know, we did the podcast uh, midweek with Jamie, Mr. with Mr. Irrelevant. And he, he I know, pointed out, or maybe we said it too, that, you know, this quarterback matchup was Carson Wentz was third overall in QBR coming in and Cousins was fifth overall. But I think you you saw that Cousins is a really good quarterback. Wentz is a step above and he's like elite capable and now elite, essentially. I'm gonna give him elite, elite gold club status. Even, even better than your Detroit quarterback that you think is the best quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. He is the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, <laughs> which is a crime. GT, didn't you also say that you thought Cousins was better than? Carson? All right, shut the hell up. <laughs> you know, I'm just throwing that out there. I believe you said that, Amanda. You didn't, you didn't believe either. Only Matt believed. <laughs> well, I definitely believe he was better than Kirk Cousins. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> Amanda might not remember all the wide receivers' names on the Eagles, but she can <laughs> she can remember who GT says was better than Carson Wentz. Yeah, I what's his name? Important thing. Mac Macton Hollis, <laughs> Hollis Thompson. You know that that throw he made to the Hollis Thompson. Well, I was thinking of, of wasn't there wasn't there a Hollis Hollis Thomas? Thomas. Yeah, Hollis Thomas. that's what I was. That's what I was getting. How about about. how about by the way the. Uh, the young Earths couple, oh, Ju- mean- Julie Ertz, who's okay, like... I'm totes on the Earths wagon because I love Julie Johnson. Well, I guess I should say Julie Johnson Earths. Shout out to the women's national team. And I've always had a soft spot for Julie Johnson because for all of my women's soccer fans out there, who I'm sure there aren't that many. They're 12. Um, Julie Johnson was the one in the last World Cup that had that devastating own goal where she was like crying, going off the field. And then they ended up winning the World the World Cup anyway. And I just have always had a soft spot for her. And college sweetheart. Totes adorbs. Yeah, I'm if on that, Earth wagon. If that kid isn't like the world's best athlete, huge disappointment. And like on social media, they're always supporting each other's games. It's so cute. It's adorable. So is Zach Ertz the best looking eagle, Amanda? Yeah, he's pretty attractive. Uh, good looking dude. He's a good looking dude. You know who else is a good looking dude? Is Tori Smith. He's also a good looking, a handsome fella. Seems- handsome fella, but he looks a little goofy in football equipment. Which is troubling. Sure. He has a very nice smile, though. He seems like a good dude as well. I, I, I like him, too. Who do, you think, who do you think is better looking, Zach Ertz or a mom's favorite, Chris Long? Oh, Zach Ertz, hands down. I bet mom probably thinks Zach Ertz is better looking now, now that she gets to see him more because he scores touchdowns all the time and he doesn't have any tattoos, at least any visible tattoos. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm surprised that mom thinks that Long is is handsome given all the tattoos and he went to stansbury so right leg up but mom secretly likes bad boys she just doesn't admit it it depends on what your type is Ertz is clean cut so let's get into the rated injure impact play of the game there was many to choose from we mentioned a couple i have one what do you what do you guys have you can go first amanda well i had the the ghosting play i know it's kind of obvious but um ghosting slash Houdini play because it was right after that big drive that um, the Redskins had that looked like it was going to get them, you know, switch the momentum. So I thought that play was huge because it kept the drive going, you know, in the fourth quarter and they ended up scoring and really extending the lead. So I thought that was a big play in the game. Amanda, high five. I have third and eight ghosting as my yes Ray Dittinger impact play of the game. I think you're absolutely right. Redskins well, sort of had a little bit of momentum. Third and eight. I was ready. I was ready to say, oh, they're going to let them tie 
tie this stupid game. I I thought he was down. And then I see him miraculously come through the line. First down. And then later on that drive, they have another third and six for the run. And then eventually the TD to Agu- Aguilar to make it 31-17. And that was really the uh, backbreaker for, for the uh, Redskins. Because the, the momentum, I could, I totally agree. I was like, ugh, the shift is coming. We're, you know, this is... This is where it's all going to go downhill. The wheels are going to fall off. And when he kept that drive alive, I was like, that was so huge. Well, I regret to inform you that you're both wrong. Definitely the touchdown to Matt Collins, because at that point, the game felt like it was going to get mired in some weird defensive gridlock, and that got us back into it. But more importantly, third and six, Washington 39, Brandon Graham hits Kirk Cousins in the arm, intercepted by Corey Graham, the season's first double Graham play <laughs> in honor of our family. That's how I know we're going to the Super Bowl. It might be the only double double Graham play all year. <laughs> yeah, doesn't happen often in professional sports. You act like it was going to happen again. That might be the only time we get a double Graham. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretending like we knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. It was a great play by, the case. by both of them. Although I felt like Corey Graham could have taken that to the house. I felt I yep. felt half the gram could have done more with that return. The other the other one that was weak sauce was forty six yarder to Earths. He he went down he went down like a pile of sand as soon as yeah, he, he was touched. He could have broken that tackle easily. Yeah, he doesn't get any yak. But that's okay. But he's been much better about that this season than in the past, which has yeah. been a criticism of, of him. And he made that nice move at the end zone to score that touchdown where the, the cornerback was right on him. Maybe if Julie Johnson didn't encourage him so much on social media, he'd be tougher, Amanda. <laughs> Dude, Julie Johnson is one of the toughest female soccer players out there. I think Ertz could learn something from his wife. That's what I'm Hello, saying. That's what I'm saying. Power. Maybe that's female what happened. Power. Maybe he worked with her in the offseason. There you go. Like, she toughened li- him up. Listen, yeah. Zachy, you're being a, be a bit of a P-U-S-S-Y out there. <laughs> Let me show you how it's done. Do you have to curse like in every podcast now? <laughs> I spelled it. That's how you know he's into it. It's like cursing. <laughs> like proves his level of enthusiasm. But that's a fair point, GT, <laughs> because the Eagles were rusty, obviously, coming off a long break, which was actually one of the best things about Andy Reid is he was always good off the long break. They were they always had some unbelievable record when they came off a bye week. And I know this wasn't truly a bye week, but it was pretty much a mini bye going from Thursday to the following Monday night. And they and Wentz hadn't done anything all game either. The offensive line played that great all game. He was getting pressure on them all game. The running game was pretty much non-existent for most of the game. So to have that play really really changed the momentum because yeah they were sleepwalking through that first quarter and a half so that that's fair that you thought that was the rated injury impact play of the game the other one was just such an unbelievable signature moment that in the clement throw we'll be talking about that those two plays for a long time but yeah you're right as far as kind of shifting and waking the entire team up that definitely did that so let's get into the i was <laughs> i told gt over text that i'd only written down negatives through almost halftime <laughs> <laughs> but luckily that did change so since it was we're sitting six and one two games up in nfc east what do you have as your positives obviously we have not just a good quarterback but an elite quarterback which is just astounding i still can't believe it's possible but i believe it but um to my clever my clever positive uh, two positives is one despite the fact that our our defense is brittle it seems like schematically we always find a way to be to put together a passable defensive effort even when we have injuries in the game and but i do think that comes down to still having cox and jenkins on the field but secondly someone that goes underappreciated but was great in pass protection tonight and that was clearly missed in the carolina game was wendell smallwood i mean except for the ghost play where he kind of got kind of got rolled up uh but in certain 
certain like key moments, um, he was really good in pass protection. So he's just a really valuable running back that I think goes underappreciated for that aspect. I wouldn't call this a, I would call this a mini, mini ditty. A mini ditty before the Mac Hollins play was that great tackle by Malcolm Jenkins on the third and one. Right. When they, he, he made that great tackle against uh, Reed to get the ball back. And they, that's when they scored to make it 10, 10. That was such a huge play. I had, I had starred that as well. And that was such an awesome tackle. And, you know, he's just so solid with, with tackles and with big plays. So I totally agree with you. Although it does make me nervous. I used to say it's Hicks. Hicks can never seem to stay healthy. So now my, my three headed beast of the guys we can't lose on defense are still Fletcher Cox. That's still number one on defensive line is Fletcher Cox. It seems to now be Bradham on the linebacker core. Cause no, oh, yeah. Yeah. He always seems to be on the ball and making great tackles. And then Jenkins in the secondary. Those are the three guys that I just, those are the ones I feel like we can't lose. And Schwartz seems to have this knack for just like calling a quarterback's nerve at exactly the right time with these, you know, we did it in the first quarter to great effect. There was a blitz where we had Bradham and Jenkins, you know, going through the interior gaps at the same time. So, you know, my boy Schwartz, I still love him. I still well, love him, Matt. But we talk about Peterson and Carson, of course, but Schwartz and Bradham, you know, he brought Bradham over from Buffalo. So right. that's definitely his quarterback on the field. And then Jenkins is just the natural leader on the, on the field. So yeah, it's definitely those three that the defense runs through them. Yeah, the defense didn't play great tonight, but it was definitely a bend, don't break performance for sure they definitely you know but cousins always plays well against the eagles he seems to always have good games against the eagles but i think the the defense even though they faltered as the injuries kind of piled up but early on they they totally kept us in it you know especially on the first drive where it looked like uh you know because washington i think it scored a touchdown their like last five opening possessions so we held them to a field goal and then a series of three and outs while the offense was still in disaster mode so yeah i, was, I agree with you gt i was just gonna say i thought the defense i didn't think the defense was as bad as it seems like you're kind of making them out to be in this game i mean yeah they weren't light out but i thought they came up with a lot of big stops when you needed them to, especially when some of these big momentum shifts were potentially happening. I thought they came up with a lot of big plays to hold them to field goals or, you know, stop them, forcing them to punt. I had third and short defense as a positive. So, yeah, it wasn't – I'm not saying they played terribly, but they definitely – Washington was definitely moving the ball against them. But you're right. They were better to give up field goals than touchdowns. Although the touchdown to make it – to go down 10-3 was Chris Thompson walked into the end zone. So <laughs> – it wasn't yeah. like their goal line defense was that great on that play. One big positive, too, that I'm surprised we haven't brought up, I think it got a little overshadowed by the ghosting play, was that amazing catch that um, Jeffrey had in the next play after, I think it was the next play, after the ghosting play. I couldn't even believe he caught that ball and he had it like behind the back. That was an amazing catch. I'm See, just glad I don't, he actually I don't think it was. Balls. I don't think it was an amazing catch. It was one-on-one -on -one coverage. He made a nice play, but I'm not going with amazing. Yeah, I think I think he's finally made a place we, we paid. No, him we're just make. disagreeing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. He's a big guy. Those are, point, those are big yeah. receivers. If he's not going to get separation, then he needs to make those kind of catches. I guess it's just the uh, pessimistic Eagles fan in me that just is shocked whenever the offensive players do their job. And I'm like, that's amazing. They caught a ball. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> You know, Just like I said about Aguilar or Aguilar. How do we say his name? I, I still don't know. Aguilar. It is long O. Are the we hell sure is wrong with you people? Just sound, people? It sounds like it's spelled. Tony, but a lot all, of people I say Aguilar. Like all, yeah. Yeah, I feel like all the media coverage is Aguilar. 
Well, people in Philadelphia don't know how to pronounce names. Come on. Yo, Nelson Aguilar. That was your uh, Philly accent? Yeah. We apologize to all the people from Philadelphia. They're not listening. <laughs> it's fine. The other person on defense you, that I thought we missed, especially against the Redskins, was Kendricks because he's so dynamic. I feel like had Kendricks played, Chris Thompson wouldn't have been as much of a factor. Um, I think you kind of need Kendricks' athleticism to shadow a guy like that. Yeah, Kendricks has been great all year, so we, we definitely miss it when he's out of the, the lineup. So a couple other positives I had is Ertz, the TD machine. Like I said, I love their Ertz with the R and the Z for red zone. He had a great game tonight, and he's he has been the clutch player in the red zone that we always wanted him to be. And I think it was his fifth touchdown tonight so he continues to just be the security blanket for Carson and you know he had close to 100 yards with a touchdown so just another great game by our man Ertz I already called out the North Dakota State and Indy State goal line play that they put into the playbook that but Gruden called that one out too so that was that was cool to see and then my last my last uh positive were uh, Deuce Gruden's biceps <laughs> <laughs> the hell is wrong with that guy those things are ginormous. What is he doing? And the picture with him, with him next to Ed Hockley, that was just hilarious. It, it was just disturbing. Well, he's a strength and conditioning co- coach, and he is a power lifter, so he's going to have huge biceps. It's his, it is his profession. That's fair. But, that, I mean, is that the perfect name and occupation for John Gruden's son? Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Did you guys hear the Jay Gruden diet talk that was, like, way too long during the game, talking about how he lost? 30 pounds and he's always on some diet like do we really need that commentary during the game they wrote about that a lot during the preseason too i mean why do i care i don't sense if your brother's on tv and he's lost a lot of weight you're probably gonna compliment him yeah i don't don't waste my time (laughs) so we'll have that on the negative side (laughs) jay gruden's diet negative all right what what do we have on the negatives because there were some negatives tonight well of course injuries uh and also carson fast tracking himself into cte which i just hate but um those those were my two i think schematically maybe it's it's just like you see when two of our linebackers go down we're kind of vulnerable a good tight end which is what happened tonight defensively um but that's a matter of health again so chalk it up to injuries Tight ends killing us. That's what I had as one of the top on my list. They were just no matter who the tight end was, they were going. They were gouging us play after play. Right. So hopefully you're right. Hopefully that's injuries. Of course, the biggest news is the Jason Peters injury getting carted off. It didn't look good. It looked like it was his knee. I was afraid it might be his Achilles since he's already ruptured each Achilles. So, but getting carted off never never seems like something that's going to be. Hopefully not season ending, but it might be. And in general, I didn't think the offensive line played very well. They didn't get a lot of push in the run in the run game, which was discouraging. But I guess um, I don't have any defensive line rankings for the Redskins, but they are a, a formidable defensive line. Maybe not the best, but are, are they like a top third defensive line? Well, Kerrigan is always an Eagles killer, so he had his two and a half he, sacks. Yeah, he had his Eagles slay on. <laughs> so that's a, that seems to be every game. At least he didn't have the strip sack fumble for TD that you had predicted <laughs> like he seems to every game against the Eagles so right. I guess I guess we uh, improved in that area that's the one thing moving forward that makes me nervous about 
What is what is going to be the weak link of this team that's going to stop them from being one of the best teams in the NFC? If you don't have a good offensive line, you don't have much of a shot, especially with a quarterback that's developing. You know, Wentz has unbelievable confidence right now. His confidence is through the roof. But if Vitae can't hold the left tackle spot, it'll be interesting to see if Lane Johnson stays at right tackle. It seems they like to do that because it always been talked that they'll eventually move him to left tackle. But it seems it seems that they like to keep him at right tackle. That's the one thing that makes me the most nervous about this team is the offensive line just didn't seem as stout once uh peters went out of the game uh this is just fun throwaway monday night football mike censorship they're not really good at that the they're... audio is so good there <laughs> the... it was like in the first quarter and they uh, like zoomed in on eagles fans and the refs were just throwing all the calls <laughs> out there it was just like clear as day that was bullshit just clear as day <laughs> from the stands there was more cursing in that monday night game than you on this podcast i know the other thing that's really frustrating is you can like hear all the taunting and when like and the redskins were just like taunting taunting us so much early in the game it was, it was very frustrating frustrating that they didn't call it no just like being taunted in an obnoxious <laughs> way i hate that i think we were giving it right back oh, i'm sure we were all right so it, it now is we kind of hinted at it, the ridiculously early season prediction so amanda and i last time we did this we had we had said 12 and 4 uh, 12 and 4 seems like worst case scenario at this point yeah, twelve and four. I, I agree. I was going thirteen and three, number one seed in the NFC, home field advantage throughout. Going to the going to the conference championship game at home. It's my bold prediction. Now you're predicting how far we get in the playoffs. Yeah, thirteen and three, conference championship. Let's let's say. Well, who are your best teams in the NFC right now? Who are the division winners? Are Vikings in the North? Most likely in but the West. I still don't ahead. trust their offense or their quarterback situation. But right. the be- the the best quarterback in the entire league just went out for most likely the entire year. So yeah, you would have to think Minnesota is a front runner. Could still be Detroit though. I would take Matthew Stafford over any any of the Minnesota Vikings quarterbacks, but I just think Minnesota has a better defense. Either either way, it's kind of like a weak sauce division winner. Yeah. Although the Vikings have a good defense. Yeah. In the West, it's either the Rams or the Seahawks, but they have to go on the road to Philadelphia, so we don't have to go to the Soundgarden in Seattle. At this point, they still only have two losses. <laughs> right. In the in the NFC South, Carolina somehow lost to the Bears yesterday. So you look at the field in the NFC, and the Packers probably not in a position to get a division win with Rodgers out. I mean, the NFC is weak. And the Falcons looked awful and have looked awful over the last two weeks with a glorified college uh, coach as their offensive coordinator. So who in the NFC comes close to us right now? If we don't make it to the bowl, it's, it's got to be a fluke. <laughs> saying it now. I, I'm still going to stay conservative at 12-4 and four just because I'm the pessimist of the three of us. But, you know, I thought, and Matt, I'm surprised you didn't raise this, but I thought this game was... I mean, obviously it's a big win because it's within our division, but it's a big statement game. You know, this is one of those games. Oh, statement game. Well, no, but it it is. I mean, in terms and this is, I feel like in the Reed era, a game that we definitely probably would have lost where, you know, this, the, the Redskins are one of the better teams in the NFC and in our division. And to beat them, I think was a huge win at the same point, as I was saying earlier that I, I really like their confidence. I'm also slightly nervous that they're going to get overconfident and then they're going to let things slip as, as the season goes on. So I'm saying a 12 and four. I think Carson trusts in the Lord too much to let himself. (laughs) There is something about those, you know, God-fearing quarterbacks that, you know, nothing faces them. 
<laughs> and and Aaron Rodgers is overconfident as hell, and that only serves his purpose. That doesn't work. Well, he's and I a, don't and I don't believe in statement games. Andy Reid in the height of Andy Reid powers was always pretty good at prime time. He was always really good at prime time. He was always good the week after the mm-hmm. bye. But mm-hmm. then he would lose this game to the 49ers. So that's the game you should be worrying about. Yeah, that's I'm ner- I, I yeah. am nervous about that particular game. We better not lose an 0 7 team at home. We're six that's and one. That's just the type of game that we would lose. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Here goes Eagles fans again. I would say if you, what is the one team right now in the NFC that's, that scares me the most, given just their experience and given how well their defense seems to be playing again, it's Seattle. Even Seattle on the road still would scare me. Because Definitely he, Seattle, yeah. I because agree. a good defense travels well, and we know how Eagles play in playoffs when a good defense comes to visit when all the money's on the line. If it was a Tampa Bay game or the Carolina game, we've seen we've seen an Eagles team lose too many times to a good defense that comes comes to Philadelphia. And there's there's no one like Ricky Sherman, Earl Thomas, and Cam Chancellor to make a good quarterback look terrible. Why do you call him Ricky? No one calls him Ricky. Is this the mood struck you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a lot it's of great players. Really like, yeah. They have a lot of great players on that team. Besides those three, you know, they just—they're just still a stout defense, and they—they they shut down. Not that the Giants are anything to write home about, but they didn't give them a chance to do much of anything. You know what else is great about Carson Wentz, among everything, is he also proves my point that Andrew Luck is overrated. Well, Andrew Luck is injured all the time, so that's yeah. Even I'm when g- he's healthy, I'm, I'm not on the Luck wagon. But why does what? But what is Carson? How does Carson Wentz prove your point? Because well, basically Carson Wentz, the way the media always talked about Luck, it was as if Luck was playing like Wentz is playing. Wentz is actually playing like Luck was supposed to be. Like, one of the elite, obviously elite quarterbacks in the league. And I think Lug has been a good pro, but he was supposed to be, like, the next coming of Peyton Manning. Except more athletic, and he just isn't. We won't get in that argument. I just don't think he has anybody around him. That's an argument for another day. And let's just enjoy the Carson love and all the things that make this team 6-1. and one. It's, it's beyond any Eagles fan's wildest expectations. I was being very positive about this season, as we know. Everybody thought Wentz would take a step forward, but... No Eagles fan in in their same mind would have said after seven weeks we'd be six and one. Not even Howie Roseman could have predicted this. Not even Howie Roseman, and Howie Roseman's looking a genius like a genius right now. Everybody gave him a hard time for giving up all those assets to trade up to get Wentz, and he's got a job for life now. <laughs> so far, proving right, that's for sure. So with that. We'll see you next time. We'll actually be, we'll see you in a couple days because it's already uh, going to be Tuesday morning by the time you listen to this. So we'll have our midweek podcast. We'll we'll get Dale on the line, our mom, to uh, weigh in on the, the positivity of 6-1 and one and see if she can cup half, the, cup half empty it somehow. And then hopefully we don't She's lose. She's going to say we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and we're going to ask her if Zach Ertz is now the most handsome yeah, now you have to have that debate with her. Yes, and then uh, 0-7, 0-7 coming up at home. Every Eagles fan thinks we should win that game, but every Eagles fan is nervous that we're going to lose that game. Yep, trap game. <laughs> trap game. It'll be a big statement game. Yeah, we need to make a statement in the trap game. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll uh, talk to you next time. Thanks, see you.